0: Welcome to the Marietta First United Methodist Church Podcast. Marietta First is a community of disciples dedicated to living and serving faithfully our local community of Marietta, Georgia and around the world. We are glad you're here. It is our prayer that this podcast offers you hope and grace on your own journey of faith. remain standing for those who are able for the reading of our scripture this morning. If you'd like to follow along, you may do so by going to our Pew Bible and on page 854, and you can um, follow along with Jeremiah chapter one, beginning with the fourth verse. Hear these words. Now the word of Lord came to me saying Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And then I said, "Aha, Lord God, truly, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a boy. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a boy, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. And then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God, and you may be seated. I love that. My soul's been anchored in the Lord, and my hope is, is that we have been anchored in the Lord. And if we haven't, maybe today we will be anchored in the Lord, because that's where we need to be. That's where we need to be. So we have begun. It has started the fall. As our families start to get into the regular rhythm of things and for those of us who maybe whose kids have grown, we get into the regular rhythm of things as well. Um, Namely, we follow the traffic pattern and so I don't think that traffic has fully come on yet so we're starting to get there slowly but surely but I know that it's going to be a great year for our kids. I think it seems appropriate that we begin a new school year and begin to get things back into the routine of things, and we do the same here at church. And what do I mean by that? I mean that we get into regular worship. You don't get to see what I see on a Sunday morning, and I get to see all of your beautiful faces, and I wanna see your beautiful faces often. And so part of that is regular worship. Another thing is getting connected to a small group, whether it's a Bible study or a Sunday school class, or some way to stay connected. And then the other is to serve in some capacity, because we're called to make disciples, but we're called to serve and love our neighbor. And so we do that through acts of service, and that could be um, a variety of ways. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later in the sermon, about call, because I want to talk about call. But today, we start a new sermon series as we begin this new school year, and it's called Unshaken. Lessons from the Prophet Jeremiah. And I had somebody ask me recently, why do we do sermon series? Sometimes we don't do sermon series, but it seems like we're doing them more and more. And we do sermon series for a couple of reasons. First, um, it keeps us focused as a church on one thing, so that we're all reading and hearing and doing the same thing with the text and what i would also invite you if you're not doing it is that we send out an e-blast every week and it has the scripture passage on there and i would invite you to read that scripture passage before you ever come into church so that you're preparing your hearts you're preparing your minds for what you might be experiencing because you might encounter God in a variety of ways. It might be in the message. It might be in the scripture. It might be in a hymn. It might be with the children. It could be in anything. But our responsibility is when we come into this place, we've already prepared ourselves to receive whatever God has to share with us this day. And so I think that that's important for us. I think a sermon series also challenges us and helps us in places where we may not wanna go. So I think sometimes we avoid texts, and so we say we're gonna do something else. And sermon series allow us to sort of maybe tackle some of the things that we might otherwise avoid. But interestingly enough, our sermon series on Jeremiah is part of the lectionary, and the lectionary in the church, for those who may not know, is a regular schedule of reading for the church. So it's already in the lectionary, and we've created a sermon series out of it. But I think that there are a lot of life lessons, lessons of faith, that the prophet Jeremiah has to teach us in today's world. I think sometimes, at least I do, avoid Jeremiah. There, we have, like, there are certain passages of Scripture that we really, really like, but there are some that are really, really tough. It's no re, it's wonder why they call him the weeping prophet, because he's often so sad, um, and, and rightly so because of the world in which he was born into. But Jeremiah, many things can be said of him and his ministry, but one thing is certain about Jeremiah, and that is is that he was unshaken in his faith. Unshaken in his faith. Unshaken in his call and the call that God has and had upon his life, and unshaken because of his faith in an unshakable God. That's extraordinary. Now, we might look at what I just read from the book of Jeremiah, and we might hear these words and think and wonder about this weeping prophet. What can he teach us today? What can the prophet Jeremiah teach us today? What does this ancient world have anything to do with our world today? You know, I think that we might be surprised by what we have in common, <laughs> Today, I want to talk about this idea of call or calling. Have you ever been called to something? Something that has drawn you towards something that you knew you had to do, a call? Sometimes, maybe it's even surprised you because you've been called to it. Traditionally, I think we think of callings for those in the church, right? For ministers or for missionaries, prophets maybe, a few <laughs> that are like Jeremiah, or maybe for those, you know, who work in the church, there's a calling, but somehow or another as church folk, we might set that aside and think that's not for me. You know, when I think about calling though, I also, I think about calling taking many forms. I think it takes many forms in our life, and I don't think it's necessarily an entire lifetime, though it can be. I do think that a call can be seasonal, like seasonal work. Um, But I also think that When we think about teachers, I think teaching's a call. And I don't know if teachers would think that teaching's a call. And the reason I think that it's a call is because how else do you explain somebody spending an entire day in a classroom with preschoolers, kindergartners, and teenagers? It has to be a call. It's gotta come from something more than just, I need a job. It's a vocation. It draws us beyond ourselves. I saw on the news just last night an interesting story about a gentleman. He was a a former Marine. He had gotten a job as a janitor in one of the schools. He was in Texas. And when he was there, it was a fine job for him. He was happy to do it. But he said one night, and this is what he shared, one night he had a dream. And the dream, he believed, was from God. And that dream from God told him that he needed to go and be a teacher. And so there he was a janitor. So he decided, well, I'm going to live into this. And he goes and he goes to school at night, works during the day as a janitor. And this coming week is his first week in his own classroom. And he is going to be a seventh grade history teacher. Teachers are called. What are you called to? What are you called to? Frederick Bickner, the great theologian said of calling that it's the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. Deep gladness and deep hunger meet. That means that our humanity, our humanness connects with the world in some way and then that becomes for the sake of God, for the glory of God. Calling, what are you called to? We learn in our scripture set, set lesson this morning that Jeremiah is called by God to be a prophet. I wouldn't have wanted his call because he had some tough a tough road ahead of him to be a prophet. But God calls him before he's even born, the text says, before he is even a thought in his parents' minds. He knew this as a boy, that he would become a man, but that he would be used for God's purposes, and he was consecrated before he was ever, ever born. Like so many other biblical figures, Jeremiah hears this calling, and he says, no, thank you. (laughs) No thanks. Thanks, but no thanks. In fact, he says, and I love it, I love this passage because it says, ah, Lord God, I mean, you can hear the angst in those words. He says, I don't know how to speak. I don't know how to do this. I'm just a kid. And we think that maybe when Jeremiah received this call, he might have been 16. At the oldest, he was 20. He's young. He probably had his whole life planned, or he was at least thinking about his future. And God says, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I got you. I have a plan for you. I have a call on your life. And he says, oh, No, no, not me, not me. Have you ever said that to God? Have you ever said, No, not me? I'm not going to do that. Choose somebody else. Ask them. Don't ask me. I can't serve on that committee. I don't know anything about it. I don't have time to volunteer. Don't ask me. Ask somebody else. I don't want to go on a mission trip. I've never been on a mission trip and I don't like to travel. I don't want to work with kids. I don't understand them. They're little people. They speak a different language. Don't ask me to to teach kids or to serve kids. I don't feel comfortable feeding the homeless. Sick people make me uncomfortable. I don't know what to do. (laughs) I can't help my neighbors. I don't even know them. I don't want to know them. Lord, not me. Ask somebody else. Maybe you've never said these things, but I know that I have. I've said no plenty of times. And God would certainly need God would certainly need someone like Jeremiah in the world because of the world that he was being birthed into. It was a tumultuous world, a world in turmoil. He had witnessed the destruction of Jerusalem The temple of Solomon, remember, the the building of Solomon with all the gold and all that money, gone. The people were being exiled into Babylon, which is known as the Babylonian exile. Some Jews would stay in Jerusalem, Jeremiah did, but many of them, skilled craftsmen, the wealthy, people who were taken away, would go into exile. They no longer had a central place of worship where they could gather as one people. There was political turmoil, those vying for political power even within their own religion. And throughout it all, throughout it all, the people had become disillusioned with their world. They'd become tired, become indifferent, they'd become complacent, and they'd begun to fall into cynicism which would ultimately cause them to turn away from God. Only they didn't know that that's what was happening. They didn't know that they were turning away from God because they were still going through the motions of their faith. Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like you are just going through the motions of your faith and you wonder, where are you, God? Jeremiah knew this about the people. He knew what was happening, and he knew that he had to speak the truth to them because God had given him these words, touched his lips, touched him. But how could he do this? They didn't want to hear what he had to say. God called him for such a time as this. We hear this in Esther, the same thing for Esther. God called Jeremiah for such a time as this. And maybe God is calling you for such a time as this. Maybe there is something that God is calling to you. And it's placed upon your heart. Maybe you don't even know what that is right now. But maybe it's for such a time as this. Jeremiah called people to repentance. Nobody wanted to hear about repentance. They didn't want to turn away from their sin. He'd made a lot of enemies. Disagreeing with kings. That didn't get him any, in any good places. His life was threatened Continuously. And he was imprisoned multiple times. 40 years of ministry, and I'm pretty sure they didn't throw him a party. And sadly, sadly, he never married and never had children. Jeremiah tried to say no to God no, no, I'm too young. But God says, no, I got this. Don't be afraid of them. Did you hear that? Of them. Who are them? Maybe them are all the naysayers or all the people that say, you can't do that. You shouldn't do that. Why are you doing that? Don't be afraid of them, God says. I'll deliver you. I'll take care of you. Don't be afraid. It's something we hear repeatedly throughout the scriptures. But when we talk about calls and what it means in our life, it might be easy to think that it's always for someone else. That it's not for everybody. And I don't agree with that one bit. I don't agree with that at all. I believe every person has a call from God. Sometimes when God calls us, it might not be our idea. Seldom do we receive a voice. Maybe you do. I don't receive a voice from God, a phone call. Hey, Julie, I need you to do this. God doesn't do that to me. I don't get a dream, I don't have dreams that God is telling me to do certain things. Sometimes it comes through prayer. Sometimes it comes through the reading of Scripture. Sometimes it comes in worship. Maybe sometimes it even comes through others. Have you ever considered God speaking through other people to you? How many of you have discovered a passion or an interest in your life because someone asked you to do something? We discover the ask opens up an entirely new world to us. I hear from folks all the time, all the time, that they wouldn't have done something if somebody hadn't asked them, whether it was teach a Sunday school class, join a Bible study, go on a mission trip, sign up for something. They wouldn't have done it if somebody hadn't extended that invitation to them. Have you ever considered that maybe an invitation from somebody is God nudging you to do something? To live into a call that might take you out of your comfort zone. I don't know if I ever would have gone into the ministry if somebody hadn't asked me. I wasn't thinking about the ministry until a pastor asked me to attend a retreat, a call from God. Julie, do you wanna we think, think that this might be something that you're interested in? I looked at it and I said, A call from God? I don't know about that. what are you talking about? No thanks. You know, we think that you just need to go and and think about it and see what it has to offer. And so I did. If I had not gone to that retreat, I have no idea if I would have gone into the ministry. But I went because I had an invitation from somebody. And so we can't discount the asks that somebody has because just maybe God is speaking through them to us. At times, we want to step out of our comfort zone. God wants us to step out of our comfort zone because when we do, then we have to rely on God. We can't trust in ourselves. God will see us through it no matter what it is. I wonder if that has something to do with Jesus' words to his disciples about picking up our cross to follow him. Not that we will be crucified, but that it will take us in places we otherwise would not choose. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said that a person of faith seeks to make his or her whole life a response to the call of God. Where is God calling you? Because I believe that God is calling each one of us to something in some way. And I think God is calling each of us, at least as Christians, to do what we can to live a holy life, to live out the teachings of Christ. It's what we do in the church. It's the least of our call. During my um, time away, Ted and I, aside from getting COVID, <laughs> we went to Oregon. And um, we went to Oregon because um, our son is going to be studying at the University of Oregon, and so um, we were settling him into his apartment in Eugene. Yes, I know. I know it's been pointed out to me several times that the first game of the year for the Bulldogs is against the Ducks. <laughs> so um, I probably will be wearing a Ducks shirt, just so you know. But while we were there at, in Eugene, the university uh, was having something that I think that they have annually. I didn't know this, but it was the track and field, the World Athletic Track and Field Competition. And we didn't know that till we went to make... Um, a reservation for a hotel and there was no hotel there were no hotels and so we ended up having to get an inflatable mattress and sleep in our son's apartment that was no fun let me say that was for a couple nights it was no fun well while we were there we were there on a sunday and we decided that we were going to go to eugene first united methodist church so we went there And the the pastor shared a message about this event, this track and field event. And he talks about this, the star. There's a star, a young star, a track star named Sydney McLaughlin. Um, I don't know if you know her or have heard of her. She is, she's a hurdler and a sprinter. And she set a world record in the women's 400-meter hurdle. My understanding is she set two world records while she was there. And it was clearly her passion. I don't know if it was her call in her life, but it was her skill set in life. And when she was interviewed, she said this. My faith was being tested all week, from bad practices to false start delays to a meet delay. And I just kept hearing God say, just focus on me. It was the best race plan I could ever have assembled. I no longer run for self-recognition but to reflect his perfect will that is already set in stone. I don't deserve anything, but by grace through faith, Jesus has given me everything. Records come and go. The glory of God is eternal. Thank you, Father, she added. Do you know how old she is? She is 23 years old. World champion, but her entire life is a response to God's call on her life. God is not confined to the church. Where is God calling you? Next Sunday, we are going to be um, offering it. We talked about this passport to ministry. And this passport to ministry um, in the church is to get involved. It's to get connected. Because I don't know where you are in your faith. I think that the pandemic has played a number on us. I think that some of us are struggling. I think that some of us are wondering, where is God? I think that some of us are in turmoil. And we look out at our world and we wonder, where are you, God? God. And this is an opportunity for us as a church to get connected and to get involved and maybe to seek out, where is God calling you? Do you believe that God is calling you someplace? Do you? Do you believe that God is calling you? Because I believe that God has a call on your life. I believe it's a wonderful call. I think it's a glorious call. I think it's for good. I think it'll take you outside of yourself. And I think that we place limitations on God, and I don't think that God wants to place limitations on what we can do. This church is called, and our strategic planning team is working really, really hard with defining what that is. Because we are called to great things in our community and in our lives. And I want us as a church to live into that. So next Sunday, let's use that as an opportunity to listen and consider where God might be calling you, but what we can do as a church to live into our vision and our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. God is calling you. Who, me? Yes, you. Thank you for listening to the Marietta First United Methodist Church Podcast. For more information about Marietta First United Methodist Church, we invite you to connect with us online at mariettafumc.org or on Facebook at MariettaFUMC.